Market picks his pocket. In on Fane, the shot he scores! Let's check out some top shelf talent. Off the bar and in over the glove hand. Another rifle shot up to the upper right hand corner. That's a beautiful goal right there. Holy smokes. Top shelf! As we explore first round potential. From the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon through traffic. McKinnon goes down the Craig, we are uh, rising up the list with uh, one of uh, the more intriguing players in this draft. Ranked number two, played in Man- Mannheim. Um, I think he's been mostly a left winger, but does play some center. And we're talking about Tim uh, Stutzla, and I hope I pronounced that uh, correctly. But for you, Craig, why is he ranked number two in the draft? Okay, so just quickly, you pronounced it perfectly. So Thank that's you. correct. He's always been a center up until this season. Okay. You know, moving up to the to the uh, the DEL. I mean, they moved him over to the wing to try to ease his transition into that uh, a league, a very demanding league, and he, he did very well. And I think more than that, he really showed uh, how adaptable he is. And, you know, I think that Tim, whether he's a centerman or he ends up playing left wing, uh, you get down to the evaluation of his skills and his attributes. What, what stands out for me with Tim is his creativity and his imagination. You, you need the requisite skills. You, you need the hands. You need the ability to skate and pivot and the, the quickness and everything that goes with it. And he certainly has that. But that brain, that, that imagination, that creative brain allows him to do so many things in the game. And, you know, when you, when you watch him play, and, and what I, one of the many things I love about him is, he does, He always sees opportunity in things. He sees things that uh, that he feels he can accomplish, that he feels that he can create. And you know, when you, when you work with a a big canvas and you have a wide view of what the possibilities are, you know, you can create some real uh, significant uh, offense in, in the game. And that's exactly what he does. He reminds me so much of Patrick Kane in that ability. You know, he, he's going to hold the puck. He's going to make plays. He, and you got to, when you're playing with Tim Stutzla, you better be ready. Because even though you may not think he can make the play, he thinks he can. And, and he's ready to make that play. Uh, a second part of his game that I absolutely love, and a lot of players develop this. At, at this age, a lot of players don't have it. Obviously, some of the best players, Crosby. Peter Forsberg had this at this age. They weren't waiting for the game to tell them what they could do. They took the game by the scruff of the neck, and they said, better be ready for me because I'm starting, and here's where we go. And he's, he's got this commanding, demanding presence on the ice of, I'm not here to fiddle with the dials. I'm here to make a difference. And who's in? Because if you're not in, I'm going to leave you behind. And, and, and I just love that aspect of his personality and his approach to playing. So when you go back to his early teens, like he played as a 13-year-old in the U16 lead, put up some great numbers. His numbers as a 16-year-old were a full point per game better than what Leon Dreisaitl accomplished in his 16-year-old season in that uh, uh, German uh, junior league. He was drafted by Seattle in the WHL. Uh, he at one point was going to go to university. What kind of success do you think he would have had had he played in the WHL this year? He would have had 200 points. <laughs> he would have had. 
I mean, what he did in the in the German Pro League as a 17-year-old, he turned 18, right? That's a hard, demanding league. It is so much better than the Western Hockey League. So, you know, when, when you think about that type of elite player, that type of, uh, 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 of, of the skill that he brings to the game, I mean, he, he would have dominated. He would have been a dominant player uh, with, with respect to being able to produce against lesser competition. And, and that's just as simple as it is. And, you know, when he, when he was the rookie of the year in the, in the German League, Ben Smith, his centerman, who had played in the NHL, won a Stanley Cup. You know, when he was, when he was signed with Mannheim, they told him, you know, we're going to put this Tim Stutzley, he's a really promising young player. We're going to have him play left wing, you know. And Ben Smith is thinking, oh, isn't this great? i got to break in a rookie. He quickly realized and recognized that Tim Stutzler was going to help Ben Smith be a lot better player, and all he had to do was do his part. And that's exactly what he did. And that's, that's, the, that's the ability that Tim has. You know, we, we, we talk about great athletes picking up a particular sport. I have no doubt in my mind Tim Stutzler would be a, a, a heck of a soccer player if he took up soccer in Germany, which is a, a huge national sport. Though. He took up hockey, and that's hockey's good fortune. He, he, he is ultra-elite player. And when I compare somebody to Patrick Kane in terms of the way they play, that tells you a lot about uh, you know where, he, where his standing is as a young prospect. And he could end up being the highest uh, picked German player. So how does he use his skating to his advantage? Is he a guy, and, and I've watched a little bit of YouTube highlights, but you, you don't get the full picture from a, a YouTube video. Does he blow past guys, or is he more of a weave in and out uh, like like uh, Patrick Kane kind of does? Well, what I will tell you is this, Dean, is, is that the, the most difficult thing about playing against uh, Tim Stutzla is he will do whatever the situation requires. You know, so, you know, so you, you might be expecting him to blow past and he holds up and he creates space. And when you, when you try to close that space, he blows past you. He, he, he is both fast and quick and agile uh, to go along with those two elements. So when you consider the way he plays the game and, and the, the key for, for Tim is his brain. His brain processes at, at, at an incredibly fast rate. So there's a lot of players, Dean, that can skate fast and have good hands, but the brains can't process at that right. rate. His brain processes everything. So when he sees you're a little bit off balance, boom, he goes to another gear. When he sees that you're going to try to play off of him, he uses another area of the ice to take advantage. And that's why I say when you're playing with Tim as a teammate, you better be ready for plays because he's going to create opportunities because of his skill, because of his brain, and then you've got to be ready to take advantage of it. And, you know, that's, that's something that becomes very intimidating for defenses and for defenders because you never know what to expect. And because he's fast and because he's quick and because he has hands, and I think, like, you know, the goals, he didn't score a lot of goals, but I have no doubt in my mind he's going to score goals and yeah. he's going to score a lot of goals. And at the end of the day, that's what makes him so threatening. That's what makes him so intimidating is you don't know what to expect because the top players are able to swing the game into their favor. They're able to put opponents back on their heels and take them out of their strengths. That's why I think Tim is, is such an outstanding player and an outstanding prospect. Well, and, and some of the things that I've seen, like he creates offense, obviously, in the offensive zone with his playmaking ability, but he creates offense from his own zone in sort of the breakout. He, he uh, Some of the plays that 
and the and the passes that he was making were, were so impressive. And and you really maybe you can't put a guy some guys you can put in a box. Well, this is a goal scorer, he's a shooter, he's a shooter. Like you said, while he might not have a lot of goal stats, he you could just tell that he's a bit of a hunter out there and that he just finds the right spot to be in, whether that's to put the puck away or to, to get it and, and set up another guy really quickly. He just, he always seems to be floating in those areas that he needs to be in. I love your word, Hunter. I think that that's a really appropriate word to use to describe Tim. And, you know, one, one of the things, too, we watch what he does. You talk about his record, you know, playing up age groups when he was younger. You know, the 17-year-old turning 18 in the DEL, and, and the success he had was pretty impressive. So now... What I say is, now imagine that as he moves uh, to the NHL and he's going to be playing with better players, with more highly skilled players, with players that are going to be able to take even greater advantage of a skill set. Because the level is so much higher in the NHL. That, to me, is, is what should excite the team that drafts them and their fans. Because when he gets with better players, he's going to be that much better. Is there any glaring weakness that he really needs to work on? And do, when do you think, uh, you know, is this a guy that might need some time in the AHL? Is he going to spend some more time uh, in Europe or is he NHL ready, do you think? Well, uh, to answer your last question, I, I think Tim is one of the very few players that is capable of coming to the NHL in the 2020-2021 season and being able to contribute. I'm not talking wear a jersey and play. I'm talking contribute. I, I do think that he is one of the one of the very few, along with Lafreniere, along with Marco Rossi, that, that I think can do that. Now, when you ask me what his learning weakness is, he ends up on a team that makes the playoffs. Uh, he, he's going to have a tough time growing a playoff here. That, that, that would be his <laughs> learning weakness at this point in time. <laughs> All right. Well, that tells me a lot. And, and, and quickly, uh, Craig, just the – the strength of the German hockey program. I mean, they almost won an Olympic gold medal. Uh, they'll likely have uh, the Hart Trophy winner this year. At least he'd get my vote. And now a possible top two pick. What has caused the improvement? Well, I, I, I think that the, the DEL and, and specific teams, like if we look at Mannheim, they have a really good uh, junior program, a development program. So what was happening, and, and, and I don't care where you're at in development in any sport, you need young players to not only have the opportunity to play and develop, but to have the proper development. And then as they progress, to have opportunity. Now, the DEL didn't always provide that opportunity. You know, the, you know you're running a, a professional league. You're trying to ensure that your teams can be economically viable. And how do you do that? By winning. How do you win? By trying to bring in players from around the world. That's what they did. But in, in, in certain cases, and it's certainly not all the way through the DEL, but certainly more so than it, than it was, is you have these organizations that are developing at a young age, but also providing the opportunity. And And I think that, you know, opportunity uh, begets further opportunity when you take advantage of it. So, you know, Leon came over and played in the, in the WHL, but J.J. Paterka, Lucas Reichel, uh, Tim Stutzla, Moritz Sider, you know, they all stay back. And now that gives, uh, that gives impetus not only for young kids to understand, hey, we can, we can do this, but also for the teams to say, hey, we can keep our players and we can develop them. And as I said, you get good athletes playing a sport, they're going to be good in that sport. But you got to give them uh, the encouragement and, and the proper development. I think that those are steps that, are, that have been 
really important for German hockey players to, to be able to advance. 